my friend, you have found the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Murray, life coach and author. I started this show to share life lessons and hot mess moments along with a few shenanigans to let you know you're not alone in this roller coaster of life. Each week, you'll get a solo episode or an interview to help you improve your self-confidence, create healthy relationships, or become a better parent. If you love what you hear, hit subscribe and I'll automatically show up in your downloads each and every week. All right, let's get on with the show. All right, you guys, you know me and you know that I am not necessarily the biggest fan of the status quo, right? That is one of the reasons I absolutely love this podcast and especially when I can bring you guests because I truly believe to the core that the perspectives of others change our lives. I do, I do. I truly believe that. I have learned so many things from so many people and adopted a lot of those beliefs. Some of them don't ring true to me, but some of them do. And today's episode that I'm sharing with you really has a core message about self-love and the importance of that that I know is going to benefit you. So my guest today is Shaman Nicola, and she has been helping big-hearted, ambitious women and sensitive people to drop their fears and the need for the external validation. Now, you know right there that this rings true to us, right? Because we need more of that. And this, she helps people live a life of spiritual alignment and deep self-love and soul-led manifesting. Like, it is so cool to hear all the things that she does and how she takes people through these different practices. And her ultimate goal is to guide you to fall in love with yourself. Now, I know that sometimes we think that's not that big a deal, but I think you're going to hear in this episode why that is so important and why it really makes a difference, not only in your life, but in the lives of those you love and the ones that you're around the most. So without any more time, let's just jump right into this conversation. Hi, Nicola. I really want to thank you so much for being on the Functioning Hot Mess podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation and for what you're going to bring to the listeners. So will you tell us just a little bit about who you are? Sure. So first of all, Tanya, I'm so, so excited to be here. And I love your title, Hot Mess, because that's so... um, what I actually teach, you know, that to more and more accept, um, be authentic ourselves, and that we are sometimes a mess, but it makes us us. Mm-hmm, so sure. <laughs> uh, with that, you know, um, I started out um, as a shaman and I did a lot of other trainings, um, yet I always wanted to boil it down to what is it really, what's the essence that really transforms your life? And I really came down to the love that we have for ourselves in our heart. So I work a lot with self-love because I see when, when, when a person loves her or himself, then we are kind to the world. And I feel like the whole world would shift if we would start with love for ourselves. And so contrary to, you know, a lot of the, you know, old teaching that it's selfish to think about yourself first, I feel like energetically when we in terms of love, think of ourselves first and be kind and loving to ourselves, 
that would really shift the world. So I work with people who are at that level, who see that, you know, self-love is really what's missing in their life. They want to drop all their fear. They want to drop that, that validation that they need from others. And they really step into their soul's desire with spiritual alignment and abundance. You know, I really love what you're saying because I completely agree. And I have seen the power of loving yourself versus not. But I'm curious, how did you come to that realization? Because I think a lot of the listeners are kind of stuck in that, you know, there's a lot of times where we think things would be better if someone else would do this, this, or this. So how did you kind of come to that conclusion that it was self-love that was so impactful? You know, it was definitely not from Monday to the other. Um, I had a harsh upbringing and I just was always, you know, firing through, uh, you know, I haven't, and master in business. I worked on Times Square, right? I had the 47th floor, a corner, a corner office overlooking Times Square. You know, it was all about career, career, career. And then my second child was diagnosed with autism. And that was a true wake up call because, you know, the doctors would say, we don't know where it comes from and we don't know what to do about it. And me very driven, right? I was, um, like looking everywhere for help. And um, after, you know, a lot of really good um, therapists and help, I was like, what else is there? What else is there? And it really opened me up to this alternative world. And um, and what happened initially, you know, my husband was very supportive. I would go to a lot of seminars up to like a month. Once I went a month away, right? My husband alone with three kids at home. Um, and I every time I would come back, Louisa would be better. Mm. And uh, and it still gives me chills. It still brings almost tears in my eyes because um, that's really when I realized, you know, it has nothing. I mean, yes, she needed still to learn, but there was something like that wasn't just my perspective where people were like, wow, yeah, she is like doing this and she's doing that. And it was like this combination of me letting go of, you know, who she had to be and that box that, you know, I thought a child had to fit in. And, and me looking at life differently. And so I, I knew that, you know, helping her, she was also a message. And I learned that through my seminars in what I want to give to the world. Right. And so, um, with her, she brought a lot of love to me because she was always like loving and reminding me of love. And, and so, I realized, you know, when I'm so harsh to myself, when I, not just in my career, but even with her, have to have all these things, life is not fun. Life is not joyful. And all this joy comes when you have that love for yourself. And so I was like, what is it what I learned in all these seminars? What is it comes down to? And it was really, you know, some people call it heart-centeredness. Some people call it, you know, um, going with the flow. But for me, it was really that that highest level of love, like love conquers all that love is really for me, the overriding, you know, if you chunk up the overriding title of it all that can make anything happen. Wow, that is absolutely beautiful. And I love that because I think so often our kids really are our teachers. Yeah. And, you know, that she kind of brought that into your to your world, to your awareness, and really helped encourage you not only to love her, like you said, not putting her in this box, but to be able to really show yourself that love and compassion too. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, the, obviously, you know, with shamanism, you go, you go really deep in healing, right? And, you know, I remember one healing. I, um, <clears throat> 
I uh, would say, you know, why is she constantly saying like 10 times a day what Louisa would tell, you know, initially she wouldn't speak, but once she learned speaking, she would always tell me, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I would think, you know, it's weird, you know, because it's not like she puts another sentence after it. She just comes like randomly every like half hour and tells me, I love you. And so I would actually do a healing on it. And, um, and somebody did, you know, a regression where you go back in time with me and, and you know, what came out is that this lifetime, uh, I wanted to teach all about love. And, you know, um, before we come in to this lifetime, I don't, I don't know if you believe in it, uh, we choose actually some of the other souls, some of the other be beings that are with us. And I asked Louisa to remind me that I really wanted to teach about love. And so she said, you know, before we all came in, she said, I'm going to be the one and I'm going to remind you love is important for you. And under that star, right? She is not giving up. She is constantly reminding me, I love you. I love you. I love you. Right. If you see it under that star that she is totally committed, no matter what, no matter what I think, what others think, she's going to remind me of love. Suddenly I can hold it in such a different way when she reminds me. Mm. Yeah. Her ability to give that to you is part of her sharing her gift and her purpose. Yes. I love that. I love that. So let me ask a question then. How do you connect to self-love? Like how do you get to that place? Yeah. So with all the seminars I did, I actually have like a nine-step program um, where I pull um, pull knowledge from all different parts. So it's kind of like um, different, it's different layers that have different effects, but it's it's those nine areas. So first of all, it's like your unconscious, it's your future self, it's your spirit guides, it's your younger self. It's like all these different elements of the invisible world that need to be, you know, that need to be cleared, where you need to see where is there a missing connection or where can we open up that connection? Where can we open up your guidance that you really open for it and allow it? But then even further creating like kind of like I see it like a boardroom, right, where you have so many um, energies from the invisible world that actually guide you and help you in daily life, right? So, for example, you could talk to your future self, you could talk to your soul, you could talk to your heart, you could talk to your body parts, right? Mm -hmm. And so overlaying all these different layers, right, and working with all that what happens is you more and more become your essence. You more and more dive into who are you authentically. And with that, you fall in love with yourself. Oh, I love that. So when you are, you know, when you're talking to those guides and asking them for help in the daily life, like, how do you do that? If you've never done that before, how would you coach someone through that? Yeah. So, you know, um, that's where I use a lot of shamanic maps, you know, where I don't know if you have ever done like journeying in, in shamanism. So we go a tiny bit in trance. I use a rattle and it's kind of like, you know, I guide you in your mind through this beautiful path and we travel. And because I have that intention, I create sacred space and I'm so good in, in knowing and seeing. Um, in the beginning, you know, I always tell my clients, it, you might not get anything because not because you can't, but because your unconscious is like, we are not going to go there. Yeah. But 
the more often we do it, and, and then I can give you hints, right? It's kind of like I'm the, guiding you down the street and you have your eyes closed and you're like, I don't see any trees. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, because your eyes are closed, but it's okay. I'm going to tell you this tree's here and this tree's there. And the next time we go, you might open a little bit your eyes and like, oh, there's really a tree, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like your unconscious more and more trusting. And while I know and I get guided by my spirit, what are you supposed to see and what can you see? It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like biking, right? In the beginning, everybody doesn't pedal fast enough and then the, the bike wobbles and you fall over and you're like, this is not working, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like this trust factor that you have to build up. But because I'm such a good guide and I'm so connected, people more and more open up. And obviously, there has to be also that desire to really learn to bike. There has to be the desire to open up to the invisible world, right? If you are just like, you have to prove it to me, then it's not going to work because it's not on me, it's on you, mm. right? Yeah. But the more often we do it, we, you know, it's just like, because I'm so, I have such certainty that, that, you know, there is this whole invisible world. I mean, that's why I'm here because they're constantly telling me, we are waiting for people to connect to us. Please bring them to us. So I'm like, if you want to do it, just let's do it, but you need to want it to do it. And then it's definitely there. Right. Now, I love how you talked about being blindfolded and trusting as, as you're leading people, because I feel like that is a lot to do as we start on a journey of self-love, because it is different. We're not used to this. This is doing something different than we have ever done before. And at first, you know, anytime you walk out with someone you know, and, and you're walking down the street and you're blindfolded and they're leading you, you're very hesitant, very tentative, very careful and cautious. And it feels you trust the person, but yet you don't. And I think mm -hmm. that was a really good way to describe this whole journey, even if just starting with self-love, because the more you practice it, the more comfortable you get, just like what you said. But at first, it's going to feel really kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and Tanya, what I got is, you know, um, even that we clear all these negative emotions, we focus so much on self-love because, you know, what I learned is you get what you focus on. Mm. So um, I have, you know, a lot of my clients had really terrible experiences, you know, ad addiction in, in their families or abuse or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And it all gets cleared easily you know just on the way because we are really focusing on love and when you hold so much yourself and your path in love those other things can just emerge and just float away mm, I love that so how do you stay there how do you stay in that place that positive mindset or that place of self-love Yes, very super question. And so, you know, one of the things that I really see nowadays is the integration part. So a lot of people like go to seminars, right? They're, they're whole, totally high, they can do it all, totally happening. And then they come back to life and not so much. And it's really, you know, I'm really teaching a lot. Uh, and I actually have like, right now I'm running like a five month um, course where we meet every week one hour just to stay in that energy because it's really such a practice like anything. It's not ever that you're done. It's like I always say, you know, we underestimate the mind work because 
It's like, uh, you know, eating healthy. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to drink green juice for ne next week, you know, the whole next week, and then I'm done for the rest of my life. Nobody mm -hmm. would think that, right? right. Or I, I work out for a month and then I'm done. But somehow with our mind work and our healings, we think, oh, th then I'm done healing. And you're just not until, until you die, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really accepting that it's a daily work, that it's very easy to fall out. And then that next step, which is being kind when you notice that you fall out and just being like, oh, I forgot. Let's start again. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I feel like it, you know, just like what you said, it is at first, it feels a little bit like we are brainwashing ourselves into switching from a negative to a positive. And I get that. I've heard that before. And I totally, I hear, I hear what people are saying when they say that, but I also know that just like what you said, it's that daily repetition and it's consistency and over time your mindset will shift. And yeah. so to be able to stay, I think it's setting up your expectations and recognizing that just like you said, you can't practice self-love for a week or a month and then expect it to stay the rest of your life. You've got to be intentionally bringing that back to your focus. Totally. And, and, you know, I really have to say, um, that a group helps, mm -hmm. you know, it's not easy, even if you have like high vibrational friends, but they don't put you, hold you as much accountable and on purpose, then a group where you really, everyone puts their intention, they want to achieve something, you know, whatever it is, it, it can be material, it can be emotional, whatever they want to achieve, But to be in that container where you can practice playing creation, you know, when you can, where you can just constantly go in your mind and feel it and, and try it out and then practice that. That's what we at least do. And then practice the next week to be in that state and then come back to the group and really share from that place and keep on going and going and going and more and more, um, Trust that you are the creator and outside in the world when society tells you something and that's difficult and that's wrong and whatnot, you can keep that outside of yourself. I love what you just said because, you know, we are creators in anything and everything we do, but then the outside world kind of attacks that belief mm -hmm. of ours, right? Mm -hmm. So What do you think about those limiting beliefs? Because we have this creation inside us. We want to go do something, but then there's that limiting belief that holds us back that we say no. What are your thoughts on limiting beliefs and how to change those? I mean, obviously, there are so many techniques to change them. And yet, you know, in some people, they're just much further ingrained than in others. And honestly, some of them are just a lifelong practice. And some of them, what I see is, you know, the really core ones that people have. And for everyone, it's a little bit different. I, I still see that there are only like five or six, like basic ones, but they are still different, right? That it's almost like their whole life experience is about overcoming that belief. So it's not like, oh, I want to just overcome this belief and, and then I can keep on living. Mm. It's kind of like their whole purpose of them coming here is in the essence overcoming that belief. And so more and more making it a friend, you know, I actually, for, for example, I have, um, I had like, and I still have like two or three clients who, 
you know, worked with severe anxiety. Like one of them, you know, his parents had put him on medication when he was 12. So he doesn't even remember being a teenager without being on medication, right? Mm -hmm. And he really wanted to go off and, you know, I don't work with them. You know, obviously they do that by himself, but he wanted to have support. And what we more and more developed is that his fear, you know, as we talk to it is it's not about really ever going away. His fear is every time it shows up, making sure that he follows his purpose, that he does more. If the fear would totally go away, he would just, you know, watch TV and sit on the sofa and totally miss what he came here for this lifetime. So it's kind of like every time the fear shows up, it's not so much about, I actually have a, a really good masterclass for free on my webpage about fear, because, you know, it's not actually about being in fear. It's about acknowledging that the fear is like a friend who's saying, hey, get off the couch. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Weren't you here for something else? Let's go. Come on. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, and obviously it's, it's different for every person, but that these limiting beliefs are not, you know, and I always say, you know, since there's always change, it's like a screw, you're either going down or you're going up. Mm -hmm. And so you want to make sure that everything, you know, you create the meaning of going up. So if you create the meaning that when the fear shows up, it's not for you to be now in anxiety written and frozen and not doing anything, but to create the meaning, hey, there's something to pay attention to, right? Right. Then life can become exciting, even with fear in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the fear can be something that you acknowledge and thank and still push through and still work through. Exactly. Exactly. I'm curious, um, you mentioned some core limiting beliefs. What are some of the most common limiting beliefs that you see? I mean, so definitely I'm not good enough, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm not safe. I'm alone. I'm not worthy. Mm, that's a big one. I don't deserve. I'm rejected. I mean, sometimes a little bit just, you know, I, I'm rejected is very close to I'm alone. Mm -hmm. But they all fall into those kind of like the same part. You know, if you really drill down, those are the ones. Yeah, I see that a lot too. And just, you know, even even the the feeling of powerlessness, that has been, you know, as people think, you know, I'm powerless to change where I am. And, you know, I just look at that and I think you can work through that mindset. Yeah. And that is something I love that every single one of the the limiting beliefs that you brought up, I think there's a lot of people that have one or more than one of those. And yet it hasn't always held them back. And so being able to be curious about times where, you know, maybe you didn't feel like you were enough, but you did it anyway and you accomplished that goal or, you know, made that happen to be able to use that as an example that you can push through those limiting beliefs, even if you're working on getting rid of them. It's not like you have to have them gone before you can progress in life, right? Totally, totally. And Tanya, at, at the same time, you know, what I often see is that it's, it's, uh, it, these limiting beliefs are so sneaky that it's often not so obvious, mm -hmm. you know, that people, that it actually takes us a while to, sometimes I have worked with somebody quite a few times and one of those, those limiting beliefs suddenly shows up, you know? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the importance of identifying those limiting beliefs. You know, 
I go with the flow of spirit and I trust that, um, you know, whenever something is ready to heal, it shows up. Mm. So how I work is, you know, I, uh, before each session, I actually meditate and see what's up. And I ask my client at the same time, because I also know something showed up in their life that might, that, that actually their unconscious is already bringing in. So I don't go so much so to say, oh, what are your limiting beliefs? I, I more trust my, trust us to be guided by the unconscious. What is it ready to heal? Mm-hmm. You know, because sometimes these limiting beliefs are so sacred. It's kind of like, you know, um, when you have like maybe a physical operation, right? You wouldn't just cut open the heart right away. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to explore with the person first. How do they even react on on a surgery? You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, are they bleeding? You know, can they even have anesthetics, right? So you want to be gentle and sometimes even first be okay with you know one of the first sessions i actually totally go into the unconscious and let just people clear without even knowing what they are clearing so they are even more comfortable to open up what's really going on mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah um, because you know sometimes it's such an identity um that they have that they have identified for so long that there's this underlying theme of they are so afraid uh, unconsciously who are they if they don't have that anymore right right so you can't just take it away yeah no and i think that it takes a lot of courage to be to to even be to a place where you're willing to work on limiting beliefs and starting to get to a place where you're open to the idea of self-love i think that is it's a little bit intimidating for some do you find that as well um, you know, that's why I'm like, it's not so much that I say, oh, let's go into your limiting beliefs. You know, it's more like, um, you know, people would come and they, they know they want to be more loving to themselves, but we would connect them, for example, to their soul and see, you know, how come you chose this person, these, these parents, this lifetime. And it's a huge shift for whoever it is when they see that so often our parents taught us who not who who we don't want to be by being a person we don't like so much right mm-hmm. so and and on the way we clear some limiting beliefs but the limiting beliefs itself are not even the target they just happen to be cleared on the way of that does that make sense yeah and i think the important part for listeners to know is just what you said where it's it's a this is something that you work on for the long haul, you know? Um, I know for myself with my own limiting beliefs, some, a certain one just keeps resurfacing. And when I, you know, I work through a situation and I kind of clear that and things are good. And then as I work through the next situation, I realize that the underlying belief that's at the very bottom is that same one. And I'm grateful for that because I'm like, oh, okay, I could apply it in this way, but now I need to apply it in this other way. And just, I think that's something that, you know, it gets easier to recognize, it gets easier to work on, but it still, it still comes back sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, there are so many, I mean, what I do, it's kind of like, um, you know, when you put a flashlight towards a person, right, you can really watch, you know, where the flashlight is, but if you put a hundred flashlights, you know, suddenly the 
the person just gets lit up. Mm -hmm. So we use many different tools to work with the limiting beliefs. So, you know, one of them is that we don't want to get rid of it. What if this is the gift? And what if this is the fuel for you? Like I gave you the example with the fear, you know, where you don't really want to get rid of it because it, the fear promised to be there to make sure you move yourself forward. And so you actually agreed before your birth with fear that this is going to be your help. So like seeing it as a support structure, you know, seeing it as a reminder who you don't want to be, seeing it also, you know, a reminder that that's what you wanted to bring to this earth. So if that limiting beliefs really, belief really would go away, you would forget what was it that you really wanted to point out to people. So you need kind of that reminder. So when you see it like more as the gifts, you know, it can become part of you because it's like, it's like if you really don't have that anymore at all, then where are you? Because it's part of you. Maybe a lot of people love you because, you know, you think it's like a flaw that holds you back. What if that makes you, you? Mm -hmm. And that's for me, the, the part of the love, you know, to start loving, you know, even the little, the little nicks and crannies in you and say, Oh my God, again, I didn't feel good enough. That is so funny. You know, mm -hmm. that's just me. I love myself for just having that piece. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible for us to get to a place or is this part of self-love where we learn to love that limiting belief, show compassion to it, accept that it's there and that it's going to, you know, possibly resurface and just be okay with that? You know, I think the different stages of enlightenment are more and more, you know, you know, enlightenment is first when you have that um, realization that you you are connected with something higher but that happens more and more often but you know the very little humans reach ever that that happens all the time and and those people would be like in india probably sitting in meditation 24 7 right, right? they are not so much on this earthly life mm -hmm. anymore right mm -hmm. um but you know that you can always have it as an intention and it's that experience that it's actually that journey, right? What, what we always talk about that it's more the journey than the result. So just experiencing that kindness to yourself, you know, like, oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't lo love myself so much or I didn't feel good and good enough. Oh, I spilled the milk, you know, instead of getting upset with yourself saying, yeah, that's me, right? you know, shit happens. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, that made me think about um, when my kids were little and I remember one of them throwing just a two-year-old temper tantrum. Like it was the the picture perfect temper tantrum. And as the mom, I kind of was, I, I thought it was cute. I mean, I thought it, I kind of chuckled. I didn't, you know, I actually, he threw himself on the floor and started kicking and screaming. And I actually just stepped over him and walked in the room because I'm like, I'm not going to give that any attention. But it was adorable. It was frustrating, but it was cute. And I could love him even through that temper tantrum moment, knowing that he was figuring things out that was perfectly age appropriate. And I think we forget to turn that same kind of love, compassion, and you know, even kind of giggle at ourselves for having our adult version of a temper tantrum. And I think that's part of self-love. Totally, Tanya. To totally. And I so often say that to my clients, you know, the unconscious is really like a three-year-old. And and what if you're just nice to that three-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. like you, you wouldn't say to, you know, even a one-year-old, 
who just starts walking. Oh, now you fell down. You're never going to learn walking. Don't try. Right. I mean, that's how we talk to ourselves, right? Right. No, we would say, you did it. You're going to do it. You fell down. Now you know how to fall down and you're going to get up and you walk one day. And are we totally convinced they're going to walk one day? Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when we start doing all that for us, can you see how the limiting beliefs are just like, yeah, who cares? There was just, you know, I believe that. And the next moment I can believe something else because it doesn't identify us so much anymore. It's just part of, my God, Monday you drink an apple juice or Monday an orange juice. It doesn't mean that you are apple juice, right? Right. But, but it's a game, you know, it's a game. And the more, you know, I'm also about like really believing that life is supposed to be easy. And so what you asked me before, you know, that whole integration piece, that whole practice piece is just a big part of life. Yes, I love it. So what is just for people who are like, okay, why is self-love so important as far as what's the end result? So you get mm-hmm. to a point where you love yourself. That's great. Then what? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, like, what no, does that look it. like? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know, what happens is when you practice that loving relationship with yourself, right? So for example, you know, I, I might have been COVID, but you know, I was with my family the whole time. And what I started doing is, you know, every time I asked something and nobody would answer right away, I answered myself, you know, mm-hmm. I would be like, wow, that's a great dinner. Nicola, that's such a great dinner. I'm so happy you made such a great dinner. Who made ever such a great dinner. And I would be so happy to hear that from myself. I did, you know, so what happens is really that you become so kind and loving that everybody who comes in contact with you starts more and more in that energy and your relationships become a whole different level. Everyone, you become magnetic because everybody wants to be with a person like that. Mm. Right. So Everybody wants a piece of that and everybody starts being that way because you don't make it mean anything anymore when anybody is grumpy um, because it's just their choice because you are in a, in a, I don't want to say happy, but you are in a like joyful content mode because you know that you can just choose kindness to yourself. And so all of your, in, you know, life is really so much about relationships and all of your relationships may it be, you know, partners, kids, you know, family, friends, um, you know, colleagues, it, it goes up a whole different level. And therefore there is this giving and receiving this beautiful flow that I see like, you know, the infinity symbol in and out and your life just, it's kind of like surfing, you know, where mm-hmm. you are like, um, excited that the next wave is coming and it might be challenging, but you're going to ride it. And let's see how this one is going to work because it's just part of life. Yes. Yes. I love that. And along with what you said, you know, I think we have perfect examples of how to be loving for ourselves because we do it with everyone else. So you specifically mentioned relationships. And I thought, we know how to show our kids that they matter. We know how to show our partner that they're important that we love them. We know how to make our work, you know, our colleagues and coworkers, and we know how to make all these relationships important. And usually all we need to do is turn those things around to ourselves. It's whether you're a gift Mm -hmm. giver or a time giver or a service giver, whatever that is, do that for you. Right? Totally. 
Totally. And Tanya, you know, it's like kind of like when we when we say that, it makes so much sense, but we're only talking to the adult self. And so what mm -hmm. I do in my sessions and my in, in, in my courses is I really bring people through that experience because when you have the visceral experience of it happening and how it feels different, you know, it's kind of like once you experience something once, nobody can take it away and you always can go back to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And a lot of us have like an inner child who needs some comfort, some compassion. And so our adult adult self, all of this is rational. It's like, well, duh, I know all of this. But yet we still have that inner wound or that inner child that's still like, hey, I could use some of that. It's like down there raising its hand and jumping up and down saying, give me some attention too. <laughs> So in shamanism, you know what we say, the goal is really to become the child again, just with the wisdom of the adult, mm. but become childlike again, you know, like the, the beginner's mind, like, what if, you know, this is, you have never seen this rose. What if you are so excited because this specific rose that's in front of you, you even that you saw a hundred roses, you never saw. And what, what if you can be that child again, that's just so excited about seeing that rose, right? Mm -hmm. And allowing yourself that, giving yourself permission, you know, being, yeah, it's, it, that's really when you, um, you know, because when we have, when we think about what comes so much to me right now, when, when we think about the limiting beliefs, we, we kind of put ourselves in that box because we think about the things that we don't want. But when we put energy on what we don't want, then the, it's kind of like, um, the mind restricts itself because you don't open up to anything that's possible. Mm. While if you say, what if, you know, fuck it, all my limiting beliefs, they're part of me, then suddenly the mind is like, oh, let's see what else is there. And the limiting beliefs get more and more over, overwritten because you focus on what, what's the joy. Mm. Yeah. Yes. And along with what you said about becoming childlike again, the thing I love about that with kids is they're curious. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, you think about how many times your, your little ones, you know, well, why? Okay. Well, why, why? And they asked that time. It's so many times that as a parent, you're like, stop asking why, <laughs> but what if we could apply that to ourselves and those limiting beliefs or that negative self-talk and ask why, well, where does that come from? Well, why do I believe that? Well, why do they get to be right? And just start using that childlike curiosity to really get to the bottom of what's going on in your world, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about where people can find you online. So um, the best is really, um, I have a webpage. It's called Self Love with Nicola. So it's all one word, self-love with, and then Nicola is N-I-C-O-L-A. And on my homepage, there are a few freebies that they can download. There is um, my fear class. It's really talking a lot about fear and how to look at fear in a different way. It's about manifesting overflow and mir miracles. There is a masterclass. Um, there's also 40 steps to connect to your soul. So that's a really, really good start. Um, and then obviously, you know, there's self-love with Nicola, all one word in Instagram, uh, 
in Savoth with Love with Nicola and on Facebook where, you know, I share, you know, probably every other day some insight. You know, I really want to bring people to that joy. So um, whatever, you know, the, the listeners feel drawn to, I invite them because, um, you know, I just want to, I would just want to bring that message of love from Louisa and joy into the world and share it with everyone. Yeah. I love that. What a perfect message. And honestly, you know, we all could use more of that. Everybody needs more self-love. And I feel like, especially after the year that we've gone through and, you know, I think there's been so much that have come up, you know, that has come up for so many of us that this is the perfect time to start working on that self-love and spreading the love and all that kind of comes with that. It's like now more than ever, that's needed. Yeah. I also think it's the new paradigm that there's a big fork in the road and either you follow the love and the joy, or you just still want to make things mean something that doesn't help you, you know? Mm, Yes. Yes. And I love that you said a fork in the road because to me that brought up the word choice mm-hmm. and that's exactly where we're at, right? We have the choice to go either way. And so if we have the choice, why not choose love? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like the listeners to know? Um, yes, as you just said that, I really want to encourage people to really think more about, you know, love, joy, what they do want. You know, yes, there's a lot what people think they have to let go and all the fear and all the, you know, negative emotions, limiting beliefs. But I really, what one thing that everybody can take with them is when you think about letting those things go, you're still thinking about those things and you're still calling them in and giving them energy. Think about joy and love and being childlike and just, you know, making life easy and that's going to come to you. I want to echo that and add, you know, when you say what they do want, think about what they do want. I think there's a lot of us that almost need to give ourselves permission because what we do want, we have always been taught that it's not okay for one reason. You can't have that or whatever. It's it's like what we really want. Maybe we think it's not attainable, like it's an unrealistic expectation. And so there's a little bit of fear that comes with that, but the clarity of knowing what you actually do want, and even if that's all you do is get clear, mm-hmm. that is going to open up a lot more self-love because you can see that beautiful picture of, you know, what do you want? Well, I want kindness. I want love in my life. I want a good relationship. Like none of that is bad. And so self-love is really clarity, right? Yes, totally. Love it, love it, love it. This has brought like, just as you're talking, I can't even tell you how many notes I have written down. And I hope the (laughs) listeners, if you're driving, you know, maybe not, but if you're listening, grab a notebook and make sure you jot all this down and take notes because there was a lot of really good stuff in here. And it's not difficult. It's just bringing little steps in every day. Is that right? Totally. And it starts even with that belief that it can be easy. 
because mm. we're tripping ourselves with by saying it's hard because then the unconscious is like, oh, you want it hard. I make it hard for you. Mm -hmm. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. We trip ourselves into that, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's like an ego thing that, you know, oh, I have to show that it was hard, but it's really backfiring on you. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. Start with saying it's easy and then it's going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it takes a little bit. There's a little bit of delay. So I don't want anybody to get frustrated that it doesn't happen in the next five minutes. But I promise you, 30 days, if for 30 days, every day you wake up and say, this day is going to be easy and you stick with it today, after 30 days, you're like, wow, this is all so easy. Everything is just coming to me. So I just wrote that one down because I'm going to do that every morning for the next 30 <laughs> days. I mean, that's great. Like what a perfect way to start your morning and retraining your mind from, oh, I woke up too early. I don't want to be awake. I have a busy day. I don't want to go through that. But to wake up and those thoughts are going to come up, but to be able to say, no, I'm shifting. I'm going to look at that sticky note on the side of my bed that says it's today is going to be easy and I'm going to start reframing my day. Yeah. I'm excited to do that. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the Functioning Hot Mess podcast. I have enjoyed this conversation and your example of self-love. I think this is such an important topic and I'm so grateful that you were here to share that with us. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to meet you. I love you. I love your, like I said, hot functioning mess. I love it because that's true self-authenticity. We are all a mess and love ourselves for it. <laughs> so thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so excited and I'm so excited to see the world notch up because of your podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Isn't her energy just so much fun? I just, I think... I cannot imagine how much fun it would be to spend time with her in person and just really enjoy her sharing her truth and sharing what she knows. And she's so authentic, so unique, and the world needs so much of that. So I love what she brought to us today and her message. And I even love the way that she explained things. She had the coolest wording in this, don't you think? the best way of breaking things down into simple ways for us to understand them. I just loved this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you check her out. You can go to her website at www.selflovewithnicola.com and learn more about her. All right. I will be back in your downloads next week.